Welcome to Powered by Her, exploring the stories of how area women power their business. Here, from the growing network of female entrepreneurs of the Upper Cumberland, with your host, Tiffany Anton, Director of Biz Foundry. Powered by Her starts now. Hello, welcome to Powered by Her in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton with the Biz Foundry, and I have Meg. Megan? What do you prefer? Either or. It's fine. Okay. Meg, it's Meg's Bread. So uh, Meg Borland of Meg's Bread in today. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Meg. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Megan, I, I guess it's- I know. It's like my new alter ego. Right. So were you a Meg <laughs> growing up? Like Never. Oh, it just sounded better with the bread. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. My friend drew my logo and um, she was like, what's your business name? And at the moment, I was like, I don't, I didn't have one. And I said, I guess it's Meg's just good bread. bread. Yeah. <laughs> and Meg seems better than Megan. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. So now people know you as Meg, Meg. the bread girl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's kind of nice to like reinvent yourself at some points, you know, you got yeah. to have a new identity a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you did not grow up here in the Upper Cumberland area. Mm-mm. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Smack dab in the middle of Michigan. Woo, woo. Yep. Michigan girls. Um, so what, um, at, like growing up, did you grow up in a farm area or? Because um, there are farm areas in Michigan. Yeah, the middle is pretty rural. I grew up in a town. Yeah, it was around, surrounded by farms. Yeah. Um, we did moved you, to a bigger city when I was in elementary school and that was maybe 25,000 if college wasn't in and 40,000 when college was in. Yeah. What, what university was there? Central Michigan. Okay. So, um, so you, um, as a kid growing up, did you feel like you were drawn to farming or so, so let's stop for a second. Meg's bread (laughs) is a bread, a bread company, a bread, um, store in town. And, um, you got into farming and you said, I really like farming and I'm going to use what I make on the farm to make some bread. Yes, kind of. A, a short, a short yeah. version of it. Yeah, that's a good roundabout. But I didn't grow up doing any of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, as like, a, you know, a 10 year old, you know, the first, it, it's kind of close-ish to first beginning of the school season and so people are all taking their pictures what did Megan at 10 years old have on her little sign the first day of school that said I want to grow up to be a uh, I probably just had Lisa Frank stickers on <laughs> yes <laughs> um I you know I didn't know I never knew I guess I mean there's obvious things as a kid as I want to be a veterinarian or I want to be a ballerina but yeah. um or just like the the tie-dye colored dolphin from Lisa Frank. Yeah, with a tie-dye shirt, for <laughs> <Right>. sure. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't gr- grow up with any of it. Um, I didn't farm. My parents are absolutely not farmers or really outdoorsy at all. Um, but I always grew up doing creative things, of, and my parents always encouraged it. Or, Was it more artsy kind of uh, Yeah, creative. like craft or... Remember as a little kid, my mom would make dioramas with us or we'd make cookies or yeah, just always, uh, it wasn't until I was older and later in college, I realized that's how I learn is by working with my hands and creating and doing stuff. And that's how I problem solve. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I just never really knew it or you weren't tapped into it and and probably, um, not encouraged. I think a lot of times people, especially creative types, um, in the education system, 
people, teachers don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had a professor in college. I went to college for ceramics, which I didn't know that's what I wanted to do until I almost dropped out of college. And then I took a ceramics class and I was like, oh, I get it. Um, that a professor was like, you learn by doing, you learn yeah. by using your hands. And I never realized that, or I dropped out of art class three times in high school because I just didn't, it was, even the art teacher had different ways of teaching. And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize till at a later age, it's okay to learn or it's normal to learn different you, ways. Did you struggle academically? Not, yeah. I mean, did you just feel kind of like out there floundering? Yeah. I was never good at sports. Um, and my gym teacher just let me like pass. And, yeah. um, yeah. And I just was never it, learning textbook learning just never came easy or natural or it's just never anything I felt I was good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so what made you even decide to go to college? Um, my parents, which I'm you're supposed extremely to do. thankful for. Neither of them went to college. And my mom actually went back to college, but I think when I was in kindergarten and she graduated my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And so um, she worked and then went back to school. And so I th- for my for both of my parents, it was an opportunity that they didn't want us to miss out on. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. But I went in having no idea what I was good at or what to study or the idea of having to choose a career when you're 18 um, was overwhelming. And I took a lot of prerequisite classes that I had to and just kind of struggled. I never felt like good at it. Did you go to school? Were you in Michigan still when you went to school? Yeah, I went to school in my hometown in Central. At Central. Um, And did you think, as a kid, did you think business was a part of it? So, you know, you learn by doing, but I always say, like, I'm guessing the the farm part was the passion that you had, and then you decided to start a business from it, Mm -hmm. but... um, did you, were you the kid, we talk a lot of times where it's like, oh, I was selling, you know, stuff on the playground or whatnot. Were you? Yeah, actually, now thinking about it, my grandma, when I, man, when I was in second, third grade, hacky sacks were really cool mm-hmm. in the 90s. I guess it was still the 90s. Yeah. And um, my grandma would knit hacky sacks and my brother and I would take orders and my, we would sell them, which I, now that's clicking. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of creativity from my grandma who sewed. And so did you help gra- grandma sew or did you, were you, <laughs> you were just the middleman? I guess I was just the middleman and I didn't dealer. even know how to hacky sack. It was yeah. just a cool thing to do. Right. Um, were you like the kid with the trench coat, like open the trench yeah. coat and all the different color <laughs> hacky sacks I wish I was there. that stylish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I, yeah, that's really funny to think about now. Uh, but I never really... It didn't I've, stick with you that like, oh, I'm I'm making money, I'm selling, selling, yeah, having a business, like was, I'm gonna have my own business when I grow up. It was just like a cool thing to do. Yeah, it was just a cool thing to do, and it, yeah, I think that's kind of where it ended at that point. Right, I, I was never I made the hustle of it or like that um, adrenaline of that. Yeah, which I think there. you know, I think people don't really realize like you know you're just now saying oh yeah I guess that was kind of entrepreneurial um people do these things and not until much later do they think oh yeah I guess I kind of had that passion in me to like you know kind of hustle a little bit and do some things and like you said take orders maybe that the the um specific of like taking the orders was a passion of yours that organization component I think that's a huge thing in business yeah yeah now thinking back that's what I'm doing now just 
Taking orders. Taking orders and making them happen. In case you're just joining us, we have Megan Borland of Meg's Bread in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. And um, so you you finished school, and what were you doing after school, after college? Um, Let's see. So halfway about halfway through college, I had a ceramics degree, or I decided to take ceramics. Um, And I didn't really have a plan. I just... Um, I just applied for things, and then I ended up doing a internship in a town called Goshen, Indiana, which is about three hours south of where I was from, um, with a wood fire production potter, and I just moved on a whim. Yeah. Um, and so it was just an opportunity to keep making work. His work was completely different than my work. I, um, I made nothing functional, but I just moved, it was just an opportunity to move to a town, and I didn't know anybody and just to figure out what to do next. Was it, were you excited for that opportunity or was it scary? Was Um, it like, I guess this is what I have to do? I think it's like a lot of things that I do in my life. I'm realizing that I don't think too much about it until maybe a week into it. And then it's like, crap, what did I just do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I moved there randomly. I'd only visited once or twice. And I just, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm alone. And I don't know anybody. Yeah. Uh, Which was great. I mean, I mean, it's a good, I, there's, there's some growing that happens mm-hmm. when you're uncomfortable and you kind of force yourself into those situations and kind of makes you, a, I think a, a wholer person, a more you yeah. know complete person. Cause you learn things about yourself. You never would have. Yeah. Um, in that alone time. So you stay there and you're doing art and you're doing ceramics and mm-hmm. as anybody, I'm sure there's some, um, really non-creatives in your life that are like, uh, Megan, get your life together. You're never going to make any money doing ceramics. Actually, no. Oh, good. Which okay. is like, okay. this is what I've really been thinking and appreciative lately is, um, I think the only people that I would probably really take to heart is my parents who things, and they have never discouraged me. They probably think in their head, like, what the heck <laughs> is she doing? Or, but, um, no, they just let me do it. Yeah, and I mean, um, through that time, I, I mean, I got a job at a pizza place, and yeah, um, I made it work, but that's I a, was never discouraged. That's good. Well, and I think that's the thing is like, however, whatever path, as long as you're making it work, it doesn't matter what path you get to take there. And so I mm-hmm. think um, people push college so much, especially, you know, like you said, academically, you just or or, or in school in general, you didn't really feel like you fit into a, a certain place. You weren't really loving school you weren't into sports and so then it's like oh well what sometimes there's there's these conservative not just not open-minded thinkers mm-hmm. that kind of push you into a box and they're like well you need to fit into xyz yeah because it's safer or yeah um then i but i even think I don't know. It's it's hard to project, but even maybe my parents knew something too that if they did try it, that I would still do it anyway. Yeah. Or that. Well, or if you if I think sometimes the more you push somebody in a, a square peg into a round hole, mm-hmm. the worse it gets. You know. Oh yeah, and I that's I, I think yeah that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> that they knew better than to to yeah. just let your your free spirit kind of take off. So what what actually brought you into the Upper Cumberland area? So when I was in Goshen, um, that's where I met my husband Luke, and he actually was from that area, and he was back home visiting. And 
Um, then we ended up, I ended up moving to Nashville because that's where he was living. Uh, and he was in the band and farming in Nashville. And so we were there about a... In a band and farming in yeah. Nashville. I like how you just snuck that in there. Like, yeah. that was, like, that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would, yep. And I, Nashville does not speak farming to me either, but... Okay. Yeah, he found it there. Okay. Um, so we were there about a year and a half and decided, oh, we got to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of were like, okay, Christmas, we're going to quit our jobs. Maybe apply to grad school, uh... We'll go to Mexico until we figure it out. And then um, right before that happened, um, a few months before we were going to leave, we had an opportunity um, at a property. It's about 45 minutes northeast of Cookville um, for Luke to kind of take care of the land and um, maintain it. So so to be farming the land? Farming, yep. Full time? Yep. And um, it's like how I think Luke and I both live our life. We're kind of like, well, we've never done that before. Let's try it. Let's Google teach us what we don't and what we need to know. And yeah, absolutely. And so Luke didn't grow up farming. It's more closer, I guess, in his grandparents, you know, did maybe corn, soybeans, wheat type of thing. Yeah. Um, they had eggs, but Luke's parents didn't grow up farming. Um, Luke picked it up through college. Um, yeah. And so we just moved out to this place in the middle of nowhere. Again, don't know anybody. Don't know anybody and said, well, we'll give it a year. All of our words, like, we'll give it a year, we'll give it a year and a half, and then we're still there. Yeah. So how long ago was that that you moved to the farm? This is year five. Okay. So you go out to this farm, and Luke's farming. What mm-hmm. are you, are you kind of helping him on the farm, or are you? Yeah. I think I I had a show, a ceramic show. I was still doing ceramics um, when I was here, and it was a, f- I just had this realization, like, ooh, this doesn't feel good anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this making ceramics or this just isn't what I should be doing. Um, and so, yeah, I was just helping Luke at the farm. We were just, it was a land that had been farmed maybe years and years ago, but we were just kind of starting again. Um, and so I was just helping him and we were just trying to figure it out. And in the process, you started baking? Mm, yeah, it was probably a year and a half in. We got on this really big kick of like, oh, we're just going to produce all of our food, like every, like meat and vegetables. And I was like, bread, we can make bread. And so I found this uh, magazine and it was like a no need three ingredient, four ingredient bread. And it was yeasted and I made it and it was like, mm, this tastes pretty good. And we were sitting, selling at the green market in Cookville. Uh, and so one day I just took a few loaves of bread and you just make them in a Dutch oven in your oven and they sold. And then I kept doing that and I would make 10 loaves of bread. The first time you went to a, a market, you took three loaves. Yeah. And they <laughs> sold and I was like, well, this might be something because we were, um, it was the first year of growing too. So we're, yeah. Learning. We were just, just learning. Yeah. And, and then I could make 10 loaves of bread in about five hours, uh, which is just not efficient. And so that led to me building this homemade wood fire oven that we dug clay from the property and made. And then it just kept growing and growing so how why um building an oven (laughs) again (laughs) what where's why are you like yeah i'm i what made you think this is this is a worthwhile idea i'm gonna keep pushing forward because yeah uh, you know because you know doing 10 loaves like you could have thought okay well this is this is where this journey ends yeah i think it because it just kept selling and then i was like oh 
this is an efficient burning propane. Our neighbors actually had a wood fire oven that they built. Um, so I had some point of reference. And then it was also like, why not? The clay's right here. Let's just dig it. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work. Um, but it and, just kept And working. at some point then you started um, supplying one of the local restaurants with their bread so Backroom Bistro, mm-hmm. did he find you? Did you find him? How did um, that? We knew him through, I think, selling produce, um, which was a great connection point. Of Like, we were selling produce, and people knew us from the farmer's market. So it was easy for me to kind of slide in there. Um, but, yeah, having the wood fire oven led to making more bread made to, I don't know how I made this jump. I think I started making bagels, and then I was like, oh, I need a convection oven. And so I got this, like, full-size restaurant um, convection oven. At it was house. in our kitchen for a while, <laughs> which is insane. Um, which I don't even know if that's, like, safe. But I think it was. It was, And then we, like, built this little... You're still here yeah, today, like, so um, we're okay. So it just kept building. So then we had this huge oven in our house. Um, I was making 49 loaves in the wood fire oven. I was selling to the backroom bistro. Uh, all in our house all over it, the house. it was yeah. um wild so at some point you thought maybe this is legit like i need to actually this is not just me cooking bread at my house kind of it was kind of a forced thing too it got to the point of making um home croissants at home and um galettes and hand pies and it got to the point where i didn't sleep much between friday and saturday going to the market and um it took over their whole house I honestly, it wasn't until last, like a year ago in January or two years ago that I was like, oh, I think I have a business. And it was, I think I had my identity in farming. Um, Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I need to get out and see people or we need a connection point in town. Um, Or I do as a person. I think I'm a people person. Yeah. So you wanted to kind of branch off of just focusing on the farming and really build this bread business. Yeah. In case you're just joining us, we have Meg Borland of Meg's Bread in the Hinton Oakley Podcast Center. Um, and so then you decided, um, okay, I'm going to make this legitimate. I'm not going to just be selling at the farmer's markets and just kind of helter-skelter everywhere, have this in my house. And let me really make a, a point here in town, um, a, a, a brick-and-mortar restaurant. or mm-hmm. I guess, do you call it a restaurant? Mm, I call it a I call it a bakery. A bakery. Okay. Um, and so, and you kind of wandered into the Biz Foundry and we mm-hmm. took you under our wing. It's true. And um, we were like, oh my gosh. I, I don't know if Jeff um, really believed in your business or if he just really liked your bread. Yeah. <laughs> Either is okay. Maybe a little of both. Um, but he was really excited to have, um, to kind of help you guys start out and... Mm-hmm. And so you found a location and how was that? Again, you know, here you have a degree in ceramics. You have a, you've learned farming. Um, now you have to find a building that, mm-hmm. and, and build a kitchen. How do you, how do you navigate that? You don't have a, a formal training in any of that. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things I don't realize what I'm doing until like I'm in it and it's like, crap, I'm this far and I have to keep going. Yeah. Um, it was I was just very fortunate to have people who to support me, like having the Biz Foundry or having like Rodney from the Backroom Beast or just having these people in town um, that have done it, that have done it and just ask questions. And I think that's the biggest thing 
just just to have support. I feel extremely fortunate to find the place that I did um, and the landlord, and it just kind of worked out. This other idea of where it was going to be just kind of fell through. The timings didn't line up, and I got pretty sad, and I was getting a beer with a friend at Hicks, and at that moment I was like, what's that space next door? And I asked one of the bartenders, and they said nothing was there. And it just happened to be at the time that I was feeling really sad that this other thing fell through. I went and got a beer and I found where I am now. Yeah. And and you were able to open up a kitchen. And yeah, I mean, and that had been, gosh, you know, you got the wrong stove that, or oh, oven that yeah. came in and then had to, uh, you know, and again, how do you know, how, how did you learn the, the baking side of things? Uh, trial and error. I think that's how I learn everything, and it's not the easiest way or the most efficient way, but I guess it goes back to I have to learn by doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And with the setting up the kitchen, it's just don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions and say please and thank you. (laughs) Um, Like with the codes department, I just would ask everything, or the health department, because I have never done it before. Mm -hmm. Um, And just know that sometimes it's going to suck and be overwhelming, and other times it's just going to work great. And with the baking, I'd, sometimes I really have no idea. Like, we're in this new wave of, like, revamping the bread, of, and it's just, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. And it's, I think that's why we do it is because it's always, we use the analogy of finding the white whale. It's like there is this ideal loaf or this ideal croissant, and with sourdough, it changes. If it rains, it changes. With humidity, like, it, everything can affect it, and... I think that's some of the addiction to it of always learning and reading it and trying different trying things. it and um, yeah, I mean it's just always a learning. Process. I mean, did you ever think that you would be so passionate about bread and and mm, no, no, but in the other, it also somewhat makes sense to me because I always make the reference to people. It's like, oh, I have a ceramics background mm-hmm. and. I think the tactile quality of it, it comes pretty natural to me. Mm-hmm. Dough is kind of how I wish clay would have felt. Um, I always felt just for me personally with ceramics, it was somewhat a limited group of people who would go to a gallery and see it. And that's a beautiful space to view. Our, our, the galleries are great. Um, but for me, bread and food is just so much more of a sweeter connection point for me with people and to connect with people. And um, yeah, and I think that's, there's connections between ceramics and bread. So you spent um, some time working to get uh, a bakery open Mm -hmm. and your plan was always kind of to have maybe a few tables, but it wasn't really, it was more of a pickup kind of stop um, for people. It was not you weren't going to have servers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID-19 hits. Yeah. So um, you were open for how long before quarantine started? Um, I had two like very soft openings. The first soft opening, um, I, my second oven that I had to get shipped and reshipped um, wasn't there yet for bread. So it was just pastries. And that was right after the tornadoes. And then the second weekend... Um, we just had a very light, soft opening, and then shutdowns happen. Um, so what a time to really, I mean, you to say you were launching the business, you, you've been doing the business for a while, but mm-hmm. you decided to invest into having this industrial kitchen and, and a space that people could 
come pick up the bread and, and be at. Um, so how much did that affect you and change things? I mean, uh, it affected everyone. I, th- I think, yeah, they're opening a brand new business. There's always like, is it going to work? And then having to shut down is like, is this really going to work? Or how do I connect with people? Or the reason why I did it of connecting with people, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can't connect with people. The flip side of it is it gave me time or has given me time to learn all the, like an industrial kitchen. I mean, I went from making bread in a homemade wood fire oven that I put my hand in to see if it was the right temperature or not to this oven that I can steam and I can vent it and I can know the temperature and timer. Um, And I thought those industrial, the equipment would make everything easier, but it's a huge learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, So for that reason, as a new business, I'm very fortunate that I've had time to live in that space. Well, plus you don't, really know uh, anything different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you and I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you, what you you quickly decided to do is you put up a menu early in the week and you have pickups on Thursdays and Saturdays mm-hmm. and people can pre-order and then the pick the the um, whatever they're they've ordered is just waiting and available for them. Um, and you're kind of like, I kind of like this. <laughs> But yeah. that wasn't the original plan is to be that way. No, it wasn't. No, not at all. And you know, the, the other funny thing is I actually had no idea what the original plan was. I kind of remember after the first soft opening, I was like, crap, what are my hours? What is my schedule? How do people run? I've never worked in a bakery. And yeah. I've truthfully probably haven't been in a ton of bakeries in my whole life. Well, but, and you don't have like you, you would have had to learn about waste, you know, and, and yeah. making sure kind of getting that balance. And so you're not wasting food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you don't have that now with the system you have put in place. Yeah. Yep. And I just started out just me, me and Luke would come in and help when he did. And, um, and I've hired some people what? and yeah, it's so it's been able to grow as need be. And I, as a new business, just kind of mean being able to keep some of those like my overhead or food waste, um, kind of at a minimum and then just until. And, and, and take it each step at, at exactly. a time. In case you're just joining us, we have Megan Borland with Meg's Bread in today. Um, so have there been times where you thought, I got to turn back, like this is not, I, I'm not going to make it? Um, oh yeah, pro- totally every week. I mean, I think that I think that's something of um of probably any small business owner is like, oh, well, that was a good run. Yeah. Um that's like one kind of tricky thing right now of no matter what is going on, there's always going to be ups and downs in business just no matter what, I think. Um with the pandemic and everything going on now it's like if it gets a little bit slower it seems a little bit more nerve-wracking because you're like what's it gonna happen but just realizing there's always flux well and you have nothing else to compare yeah this is like so I'm just trying to remember just to ride out the storm right and not panic you can't compare it to selling at the green market last year yeah (laughs) that's you know you're it's not comparable so um what has kept you going over all this time that's a good question. <laughs> I think 
just knowing I have to. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a good way of just knowing just to keep showing up and that I think that I can be my own worst enemy of being scared or just wanting to stay in bed or to um, throw my hands up in the air. And I I think that's how I do everything in life of not thinking about it too much until I'm like too far into it, being like, well, there's no turning back now. Yeah. Um, and just keep showing up and adapting. Keep going. Just keep going. What um, do you think? Are there any landmarks benchmarks that you think oh man that'll be i can't wait till that happens or that'll be so crazy i mean i I would imagine hiring somebody right now someone's mixing bread and i'm here which is like (laughs) blows my mind um but it's i mean it's i feel so fortunate that i've hired good people and truthfully but i just keep saying best case scenario and worst case scenario the two people that i've hired i wouldn't have hired been able to hire them because they're jobs that they had yeah fell through or just didn't work or um and they I needed work and yeah it's, I feel so fortunate that I have them and yeah yeah it is it is this has definitely been a year of ups and downs mm-hmm. I think people want to focus oh my gosh 2020 it's you know but there's there's been a lot of great I mean in the business community to see how much these entrepreneurs have just pivoted their businesses and said, oh, well, okay, let's, let's pull up our bootstraps and keep going. And this is what it is now, you know, easily you could have said, uh, well, that was a fun run. Uh, You know, uh, we had tornadoes hit and we had a quarantine. Okay. Well, I'm going to, you know, go home after this because that that's a lot to face. Mm -hmm. Um, But you just kind of said, okay, well, this is what my business model is going to be. And I'm going to figure this out and, um, and, and you've kind of said you kind of like it. You might, after things, quote unquote, open up, who knows what that's going to look mm-hmm. like, but you might kind of keep a similar model. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll keep something um, with that. Yeah. I'd, man, it's like I do miss people. I do miss um, the easy interactions. Yeah. Uh, but we started setting up um, at the Walnut Street Market on Saturdays. Cookville Locally Grown. Yep. And uh, Luke sits up there with produce, and he takes my bread over, and then I'll stop by. And that feels good to talk to, just to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this, um, you know, Luke Luke does the farming, and, and one thing we should <clears throat> pull in is that your breads, um, you do take some of the produce, or you take some of the vegetables, or you take things from the farm, and you flavor and use all the ingredients mm-hmm. in your breads as well. It's not just plain sourdough bread yeah yeah and I think that's how I guess it is part of how the shop started because um selling from home you're kind of limited on what you can sell at a farmer's market and like the savory pastries or quiches or that's something having a certified kitchen in town and I can use more of the farm produce um with stuff that we make at the shop where do you so it's always I feel like it's a creation (laughs) <laughs> that of what you're going to offer each week. Um, is that the art background that you, cause you don't have a food background of, yeah. you know, I think so. I think with, um, yeah, I guess it's a creation with my ceramics. I would, I would make, and I, I don't know why I keep referring to it, but I, I think with anything, I've always been interested in the senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I think about that with food of how does it look? Is it beautiful? How does it smell? The texture of it? Um, how does it taste? Is it, you know, is it hitting the sweet and the salty? I'm getting hungry right now. I know. <laughs> um, so I think with everything that I make, I kind of, it's not just a flavor that sounds good. I think about every. Um, yeah, pulling pulling different aspects in and, and yeah, so just kind of experience. creating different things each week for people to try out. and Yeah, and it's it's nice with the season of things. It kind of like makes you limited somewhat of like, you know, what you make at that time. And um, yeah. Where do you see Meg's Bride going? What, what's in the future? Well, I do think we'll be open in some capacity in the future. Um, we've had a lot of different ideas of what that can be. Um, we're doing more wholesale, so you can find us more places around town. Um, in the future, and it was always kind of planned in the beginning, I think doing workshops or having the space available for fun pop-up things, or um, I think that can be a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, who, like, honestly, at this point, who knows? If somebody gives you an idea, you just start running with it, and then... Yeah, and then I'm halfway through, and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Oh, but I didn't I really d- realize I, didn't I was doing, doing that. But, uh, yeah, but there's, yeah, I think it's just, the thing starting out how we did is we started it from very baseline, and I was lucky to have customers from the farmer's market who supported me right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like we're just slowly adding these things and evolving and... Sometimes I want to do 20 things at once and jump off a cliff, and but I just know that that's not right, or I can't, or um, maybe it's like panicky, like, oh, gosh, I need to do something. Right. But, yeah, just... Any advice for other um, entrepreneurs kind of starting out there or who are struggling during the pandemic right now? I say stay adaptable. It's hard. It's hard and it's exhausting sometimes um, when everything's in flux. But I think that's the best thing is uh, some people might like not like this but like there's no normal everything is always changing and sometimes you just have to stay aware um well and I think it's real easy right especially right now to to sit and say well there's a pandemic mm -hmm. but I I think in business everything's always changing yeah you know especially in food industry there's you know no carbs is is the way to go and then it's keto and then there's always you know and you have to be adaptable because Mm -hmm. even no matter what is going on things are always going to change yeah they're always going to change and just knowing how to address that and to be okay with it and be okay with like the lulls I guess and it'll just ride out the storm just ride out the storm yeah all right so if people want to connect with you how can they find you or Meg's bread or well, you can go to the website. I do update it often. It's www.megsbreadtn.com or social media. I think that's Meg's Bread TN as well. Okay. Um, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. Look at that. And we're at the Walnut Street Market on Cookville Locally, locally Grown. And Saturdays from 8 to noon. So um, you put up a menu on Mondays, Mondays and people can order for a Thursday pickup yep. and then on Wednesdays Wednesday for, for, for Saturday. Saturday pickup. So um, and they just go on, order the stuff, go and pick it up. Um, and you're located next to Hicks Farm. Yep. Um, across from Ralph's more, maybe yeah. more, <laughs> more known. Um, and and then you get to enjoy some delicious goodies. Yeah. Um, home, home, homemade, not homemade anymore, but, um, 
very, very personally made, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Thank you so much for coming in today. Everybody go check out Meg's Bread. You will love us for trying it out. Um, Your mouth will celebrate you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You've been listening to Powered by Her. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.